Hello and welcome and thanks for coming to see the latest episodes of the Advanced Business Show where each week we sit down with someone to give you value, information and get you ahead in your life. Today I have my guest uh, Christian where he will talk with us about the aviation industry, uh, what is going on, the future of this industry and we're going to ask him many questions so you can gain some knowledge and get ahead and advanced in your life. So Christian, I would like to thank you for coming uh, with us in this episode. Hi, hi Amir. Thank you for having me. Um, yes, I'm really happy to be here. Um, well, let's start. All right, so thank you for coming again and it's uh, our pleasure to have you on this show. Today episode we're going to talk about the airline industry future and its current uh, position. So first thing first, uh, Christian, can you please tell me a little bit about uh, your background, your education, uh, uh, your work and so on? Okay, yes. Uh, um, well, I'm going to tell you, I started in aviation i really really started in 2005 when i started the uh, uh, my first degree it was aircraft uh, mechanic in panama and i studied that for two years and then i did one year of uh, supervised practice when i got my uh, aircraft mechanic license then after that, I realized that I want to do more for the aviation. Then I decided I want to do avionics, but I want to design things. I want to design things. And then I went to, to England and then I spent two years learning English. Then I applied for university and I got into uh, Liverpool University as a bachelor in engineering in electrical electronic engineering. I really like this electrical electronic engineering since I was 10. So for me, it was easy. Then over the years, uh, every year we do the project there. Then in the last year of the university, my final uh, year project, I, I did something called a, a data protocol. The data protocol is basically how the data inside an airplane or inside an airplane travels and how it's managed. So what I basically did, I, uh, my, my thesis was to take a military standard. Normally in aviation, they have a standards or protocols, which they use to build systems. So they created a system called Military Standard 1553. It's used by computers on the airplane to uh, communicate between each other. But because the previous uh, protocols were so, so were so linked with wires and the, the, and the weight of the wire, it was a detrimental fact for the for the communication system, what they did is they managed to build a network that was that, that can travel all the information can travel by one wire and to all the computers in the airplane. So that's 
when I started, and then I, when I finished university, I uh, went back to Panama and started working as a simulator engineer, a person that deals with uh, problems inside the simulator. As you see in my background, that's what I used to see every day. And then every day I used to go to the cockpit and do all the check as engineer and make sure all the components of the simulator work perfect. And we have uh, simulators that were standing still and we have six degrees of freedom, which means that they have movement. And so pilots can fly the simulator as they fly the airplane and they can maneuver and taxi around the airport as they were in the airplane. So that's the, the good thing about simulators. They give a very realistic feedback to the pilot on how their behavior affects the operation of the airplane. All right, so I see you have a, a deep background with aviation and so on. You worked in more of the technical side and how things and, and, in, inside the airplane. Please go ahead. And, and I forgot to say, um, for the last uh, nine months, I've been an aircraft auditor, quality assurance auditor. So I am actually involved in all the operations in the, in the airline. So we go from checking the extinguishers, checking how the airplane arrives to the gate, if the, the signal uh, person is signaling their, their airplane to, to the right direction or not to, 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 to be parked on the gate. So we've been diving, diving, I have all this experience that I've gained over the last uh, seven to eight years that have given me this uh, strong background in aviation and I've been working on this for the last seven years seven years of my life. So this is something that really, I'm really passionate about. I see. So mm -hmm. you're going very deep currently with the, all these protocols, all these things uh, related to the aviation and the aircraft. And I think maybe it is very fun for you to see this latest yes. technology and how the airplane goes, how this system that they, they have many systems for sure inside yes, the airplane. Yes. I really enjoy them. Uh, I, it's really rewarding to know how everything works and how they, all these systems working together makes a, an airplane almost uh, impossible to, to, to fall, actually. Mm, I see, But, I see. All right, so... Now, let's talk a little bit about the airline industry currently. Now, uh, Christian, uh, what do you think is the current status for the airline uh, industry is going on? We see some airlines are getting jobs. Uh, we see some airlines uh, actually might go bankrupt and so on. So, Tell us uh, what you think about uh, the current status for, for the airline industry. And maybe this is not the first time that 
the airline industry has been hit. It has been hit with the 9-11 attacks. It has been hit, uh, I think, with the Iceland uh, volcano when it uh, erupted. Uh And it it was, uh, have uh, maybe a big effect. But today, the huge lockdown all over the world, it's for sure something that is never seen before. So please go ahead, Christian. Tell us what is the status. Yes, well, I have to be honest. Today's in today's uh, aviation industry is one of the toughest times the industry has experienced. Actually, the industry could not be worse hit by this pandemic because I'm going to be honest. This is basically a standstill. An airplane doesn't make money if it's is if it's parked on the airport. An airplane makes money flying. And the more you have an airplane stop on the grounded, that doesn't that's a have that's a perfect terminology. The more you have an airplane the grounded, you cannot actually make um, money. That's it. You cannot make money, and this cop. COVID-19 airline industry because uh, what happened is if governments if governments stop operation of every air, air of airport operation of their airline or airlines coming in and landing and bringing people because they are thinking they got because well they're not thinking that is proven that they the People get uh, the virus through through social contact, and um, and the airplane is actually the best. It's very tiny place where people are going to be one by side by side, and they're going to be obviously affected by this. If you're speaking, then if I have the virus and there's another person there, and that person has a is clean, then I will transmit the virus if the droplet goes to, into the mouth or nose or eyes. So uh, it's really hard for the aircraft industry because you cannot travel, you cannot uh, have normal operations. And basically what the airlines are doing is they slashing, uh, removing fleets, half of the fleet or reducing their operation to 10%, 20% what they used to do. Let's say an airline that has 1,000 aircraft, today they're going to have, they're going to reduce their fleet to, to 25, 40. So then they're reducing 40, 60% operations. So that when they reduce operations, when they reduce size of the fleet, they reduce flight numbers per day. So they don't can, they cannot uh, take too many people outside there. I travel, I'm sorry, to take many people to another location because restriction on travel is very bad by governments. That's the, that's a big issue. And I hope 
this issue goes away before the end of the year. Otherwise, I want to see more airlines going bankrupt. Many, many, many airlines. Already they are, uh, in Latin America, let's say, um, the three airlines have gone out, uh, have gone to bankruptcy protection. And, and, and that's bad. I see, I see. So like many, many airlines currently struggling. You need to have your airplane up in the air to have yes. money and uh, generate money to stay uh, working and uh, so on. Yes. And, they, and, they, and there are many things involved in the aircraft operation. They have cost in the, let's say, the airport. When you land an airplane, you have to pay for the spot on the airport. You have to pay for many things, many taxes, and and the airlines, if they don't if they don't fly, how are they going to make money? That's really hard for them. Uh huh. I see. I see. Well, uh, I have the following question for you, Christian. Yes. And uh, this is a general question before we go into details specifically to the uh, airline industry. Now, uh, let's say that you have your own business and this business suddenly uh, loses his many clients. You are now in a crisis. What do you think that the person will respond to this crisis? If you have a business and the person, okay, I think the the person, let's say, if you have a business, let's say in, I don't know, London, and then you have to travel every other week to Italy, and you have uh, been affected by this, well, the, by, the, by the stopping of the air, airplane, air, air, air travel, then you will have to find another way to communicate with the team. But it's really, really hard for businesses. If they lose clients, they're going to lose the, the possibility to take the flight to another destination because if there's the business over there is not generating money and the business in here is not generating money, then that means the, the business is going to struggle and they're going to have to reduce uh, employees and other stuff. And it's, 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 a, it's a hard reality, but that affects all the chain because if they, before they used to travel to Italy to do big business or business meeting with some clients over there, they're not going to be able to do it. Until, and if they plan their finance very well, they will be able to do it. But if they, they weren't prepared, they're going to go, there's not going to be business. Yeah, they will not go anywhere. Well, maybe I think that they need to adapt to the change that is uh, happening and they try to open new doors around you. There is always somebody somewhere out there that will need your service, you need your uh, your work, uh, you just need to go out. 
and uh, look at them. Now, uh, Christian, yes. I've seen that there are some uh, uh, air, air, airlines that have taken some uh, drastic measures to stay afloat. And uh, this, uh, one of these uh, measures that they are taking, they are swabbing uh, their passengers to use, to actually to uh, a cargo, like the airplane that moves people, now it's moves cargo and uh, items. What's uh, your thought on this? How do, how do they do it? Is it actually okay. uh, profitable for them or not? Okay, I, I actually, that, that was one of, one of the things that I, I was proposing to airlines uh, because uh, I say, well, if you cannot, uh, okay, every airline has something called AOC. That's an aircraft oper airline operation certificate. That uh, when you get one of those, you get the you get the the permission to fly air uh, passengers cargo in the same certificate. So I asked airlines. I say, well, why don't you change your airplanes to cargo? Then uh, one of the executives told me, you know why we don't change it? There are two types of cargo. They said with what is going on right now. Okay. There are two types of cargo. And there are two types of airplanes that you use in an airplane. Okay. You use there are airlines that have cargo operation and passenger operations. Right? And there are airlines that have airline operation only. That's it. But they offer cargo as well. Because when they when when the airplane arrives to the airport, the airplane has the this has the cargo area. Yes, the cargo area, and that cargo area can carry a lot of weight. And let's say nowadays people are traveling with this uh, hand luggage everywhere. So they put all the luggage on, on top of the air, on the cabin. So what they do is they sell this space to the customers that they need to travel, they need to send, I don't know, let's say you want to send some shrimps from London to Italy. Or you can send, you want to send some oranges from Italy to London. What they do is they, they put this, uh, they put these vegetables, inside the cargo bay and they do that and they, they earn some money because otherwise they will lose this space in 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 with nothing like they will lose the space and they will lose the the space and the on the flight so what they do is they take the cargo when it's a small cargo that they can put on the cargo bay then they would do it they would Take this cargo. They will ship it to. They will ship it to London, and then the same from London to Italy. And what happened is, with this new cargo, that what they're doing with the airlines is basically they using the passenger seats. Every passenger seat have a, like a handle, 
handlebar. You can put, you can rest your arm there. Or arm rest, that, that is called the arm rest. But they leave this arm rest, and they, what they do, they fill this arm rest with boxes. And they, what they do, they put the net on top of the box, and then they put boxes on the cargo bay, boxes on the, on the aft cargo bay, boxes on the forward cargo bay, and boxes inside the cabin, because there's no passengers, so they put boxes in the cabin, they secure them, and then they fly with these boxes. It's not the best solution, but it's a solution that works for, for certain airlines. And certain airlines have taken that solution, that taking that approach, sorry. But then, then if we go to the other spectrum, like fully cargo airplanes, what they do is they take every single uh, um, seat on the airplane, they remove it, and they reinforce the floor. That's why it's not that easy. Mm. They have forced the floor so they can put really heavy stuff on the floor. And that takes long time. That's why airlines are using this system when they put the boxes on top of the, of the, of the seat because the seats are designed to carry 70 kilograms. So every single seat has a capacity of 70 kilograms and they do the weight and balance of the airplane on this and they can fly with this amount of uh, cargo in, on the seats of the airplane. That's why, that's, that's the difference between cargo and why they're changing and why they're not changing so fast. I see, I see. Well, I'm sure the flight attendant will be happy with just seeing <laughs> Yes. No, yeah, but, because they don't want to know anything. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> well, so like, so they have maybe some options, but uh, these options maybe not uh, the one that will generate them maybe profits, maybe just to keep them uh, running, exactly. maybe keep them they don't want to generate that much profit with the, with the, with the cargo on the seats. That's not really, they're just doing it because humanitarian aid and that's why. I see, I see. Well, okay. So, uh, Christian, some studies or some uh, analysis out there says that uh, the levels of the the number of aircrafts in the air, uh, 2019, we're not gonna see the same number again, uh, maybe until 2021, 2023, some people say. So uh, what, do you, what do you think that why things are uh, not, will not gonna get better uh, faster, although the numbers of people maybe getting uh, uh, the virus and so on are just starting to maybe go down and so on or even stabilize and some some countries out there claims that they found uh, a cure uh, some uh, people say that there is a vaccine maybe coming so uh, why the change will take uh, so much time okay and do you think that actually this reset in the airline industry 
will be uh, a good thing uh, or a bad thing for the entire industry? Well, um, the airlines uh, project this uh, dates is because if you see the, the how the virus is uh, spreading and how they how is developing, what the airlines are thinking like is not the the passengers. The passengers, okay, the passengers are going to be a little to be the scare. But the, what happened, the increase in demand of passenger travel is going to be drastically affected by this pandemic. Because one, if you fly from, let's say, London to Italy and to London, and then in London there are cases, and let's say in Italy there's no case, and then you take one of these contaminated uh, contagious people to the to Italy and then they they arrive there and they spread the virus again. Then what happens is governments are going to be really tight on the restriction to go to entry in every country. That's what I see the biggest biggest uh, barrier. I mean people are going to travel, yes. Well, governments are the ones that are going to decide if you are going to enter or not. That's, that's what I think is going to be the main reason why the, 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 the airline is going to recover until next year, or maybe longer, maybe longer, because you don't know when, it's going, when this is going to finish. And and this is one of the, the reasons I would say it's going to take a little bit longer. And you don't know because imagine you have a hundred airplanes. You're an airline, you have a hundred airplanes. And you have, I don't know, 300 and something flights per day. And from, you have 335, let's say, and 30 flights a day yesterday. Like, let's, say, let's say two weeks ago. And this week you have zero because the, air, the skies were closed. Then your, your, your booking numbers are going down like crazy because people are canceling because they don't want to, they don't want to get affected by this virus. So the virus is going to the the response to the virus is going to decide to decide whether the air the passengers are going to travel or not. That's one of the things. And governments are the ones who are going to say, okay, you cannot you cannot travel to this country, you cannot travel to that country, you cannot travel to this country because they are uh, affected, and they're going to say, well, you know what? Because of the because our government, let's say London. They say, okay, nobody from Italy is going to come to London because they already have coronavirus cases there. And if they come here, they're going to contaminate even more. So that's what happened. You, don't, you have so many variables in this uh, pandemic that you cannot be for certain that the airline industry is going to recover in six months, a year, 
to year until you find a solution, a drastic solution, and a certain solution that this can be uh, constrained. The, the virus can be constrained to a certain amount of people or very little people have it, and then then you can say, okay, with this we can do that. We can do, we can grow to in six months. We can grow to the same levels as we were in 2018 in 2022 or 2021 that's the that's the issue with the airlines that's what they are saying and and i see and i think and i hope they find a cure for for the covid 19 and hopefully people will will be able to travel again because i guess people really want to travel Yes, yes, you want to move around the world. Me, myself, I live outside of my home country, so for sure I want to come back to see my family sometimes and so on. So do you think that actually there is some benefits of having a low number of uh, flights going and so on? Maybe do some kind of a review, uh, look at things a different way. What do you think? Um, okay, uh, the question was... Uh, uh, do you think that this reset, this number of uh, airplanes going down uh -huh. on the ground, actually something that uh, maybe be an advantage? Okay, it does have some financial disadvantages, but do you think this will actually be an advantage in the future? Well, and in the in the future, I don't know. But what I can tell you is uh, about right now is that contamination levels uh, have gone drastically down because because the lockdown and the travel restrictions. Like that's the only thing I'm seeing now that it's been uh, really obvious like in other countries let's say india you can see the the big change i, I was really impressed i saw pictures like delhi 2019 delhi march 2020 it was like another place the contamination has gone full there was no contamination it was like you looking at the movie and you looking at reality, actually. And, and as far as I know, uh, in India, let's say India and China, the level of pollution went really, really drastically down. So in that case, uh, that's an advantage. But for the future of airlines, um, People are going to continue traveling, but I don't know how much they're going to travel from now on with this threat of the virus. And that, that's my point of view. I don't know. I, don't know. I, see, I see for sure nobody can tell uh, the future and so on. But as you said, like maybe the pollution level now is down and somebody somewhere out there will maybe come and say, you know what? airlines shall have a much uh, cleaner airplanes so on and so forth so may maybe there is some good sides that we don't know about so uh, christian 
uh, drones are getting out there they are getting popular you can literally go online uh, buy a drone uh, for a cheaper price fly it around the neighborhood take some pictures maybe uh, drones are getting uh, popular with the militaries around the world they are manufacturing long-range drones and so on and also drones are getting uh, regulated uh, we start to see it uh, be used uh, with different uh, ventures different companies are using them out there uh, for example uh, recently Dubai has uh, issued some regulation regarding the usage of a drone and it will be allowed to be used in delivery. There will be many airports inside the city for the drones and so on. So uh, what do you think about a drone and their future and how we will actually see it in our daily life? Okay. Um, I think uh Drones, okay, let me tell you something. I, I've been really fascinated by this technology for many years. And at the beginning of the, the drones, uh, drones technology, well, everything started with fans, like these uh, people that really like, 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 like planes but they want to build something new or something and they started to building these quadcopters small quadcopters and then they become popular they become really popular and around 2000 okay drones are very very old in, in the military because drones were used in the military i think in the 80s because they used to go on the on do missions like um, undetected missions. They fly above 170,000 feet or something like that, and they fly there like nothing. And they were equipped with cameras and and to take pictures and do espionage. That's what they used to do. Well, then fast forward like now, the drones have become more affordable. So you can buy one in the shop, you buy this DJI, I think one of those. Yeah. And then basically the drone, you put the drone, on, you put the app on your phone, and then this app tracks you down, and then the drone, the drone follows you. And this is really, really impressive technology. But they, of course, uh, they saw the potential for commercial purposes. And many companies like uh, Amazon, uh, DHL, and others uh, look at this technology as a technology that can be used to deliver packages. So then you, you put the drone, you put the package, and then you can deliver the, the, the goods faster. That's why, because Amazon, let's say Amazon, what they, they're looking for is faster delivery. Let's say if you want to buy some, I don't know, whatever item that is less than a pound or two pounds, you take this item, put it in the box, send it with the drone to the address, and they will deliver it on the, on the yard, I don't know, on the driveway, and they will do that. 
Well, before doing that, they had to be regulated because what happened with drones, and this is need to be clear, is that you have two, literally, airlines, you have airplanes, real airplanes with passengers, civil airplanes flying with passengers, right? And then you have drones. Drones, by the nature of it, they can fly anywhere, any height. And one of the things that they, they at the beginning were against drones was because, I mean, if you fly a drone, a drone is normally powered by batteries. The batteries and the same drone can weigh up to 20 kilos. So you have to, the drone can fly and lift off from the ground, then fly the pass. And what they did is they say, okay, you're going to be able to fly this, but you're not going to, not going to pass through any road. This is the first regulation that they did. Regulation one was that you cannot fly this on top of people because if, if uh, this drone uh, fails to have the enough charge on the battery to return home, that's what they call it, return home to the base, then you, you, you have the risk of this falling on top of people, cars, and create, uh, create accidents and stuff like that. So what they did is, okay, you're going to be regulated. This is the regulation we have to do. They regulated first. You cannot travel, you cannot use this in crowded, in crowded places. You cannot use this between buildings. You cannot use this 50 meters above the, uh, before arriving to the, to the highway or, or road. And then what they did is they did this regulation that basically makes it impossible for drones to fly there. So what they did is they had to go into the process of certification of the drones because they had to be certified. And if the person is going to be flying this drone, they have to be pilots for drones. Let's say some air, some, some countries have made a, let, let's say let, some countries have made a regulation to for pilots. Let's say if you if you I, I'll say I have a drone, I want to fly this drone, and this drone weighs above 200 grams, 250 grams. You have to have a license, and you to be able to go, you have to go to the civil authority and get a license. When they get the license, you get the number. So the air, so the if an accident happens, you will be responsible for the for the accident, and then then they, they will be able to charge you with some kind of crime. I don't know. And now what they're doing is they're starting to develop this technology because they already made some arrangement to to make this. Let's say. If you travel with the drone, you can travel above houses because if it falls, it doesn't happen anything. But 
the regulation now allows the drones to fly automatically because they are flying automatically. They know they some drones have pilots, some drones fly automatically. So they will do the route, they leave the, the package on the on the door or whatever, and they will go to the to the fulfillment center again. So that's what they, they're using. The other type of drones they're using as well is cargo drones. So basically it's a big, it's a bigger drone where they can put a little bit of cargo there. But that's again, again, that's a, it's a safety issue in the, in the airspace. And the other issue that came up recently over the years when they, they this, People who used to take their drones, the DJI, and they used to go to the airport. Mm. They got really, really angry about this because they used to go to the airport, they were flying a drone, and they were flying the drone near the, near the airplanes, the big airplanes, when they carry passengers. Mm. That's something that regulation had to do. So you cannot use a drone close to an airport, never. Never and never in the path of landing or taking off of the airplane. So it's prohibited. You get caught and you are in jail because that's really risky. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the that's the. And lately, I've seen the that Boeing is is developing a, a new kind of vehicle. Something called is a drone with a cockpit, but it's autonomous. So it has like a quadcopter on top, and then if stick to the the ceiling of the of the car of the cockpit, I don't know. Then they flies away, and then when it lands, it lands on the on the platform with wheels. So basically, you go from flying to ground vehicle in one go, like, and then you can leave from there with this vehicle with four wheels, and then when you arrive to the heliport, that's what they call it, heliport, then you can take off with the cockpit and go somewhere else because of the traffic. That's a new thing that is coming up. I see, so something uh, like if you are in traffic and so on, you could just go in this drone, Get ahead. You can hop on and then, and then you fly. <laughs> That's really amazing, yes. Okay, so uh, Christian, you mentioned that uh, for some certain drones, uh, you need to have a, a pilot license. Do you think that we will actually uh, start some, uh, to see some uh, pilots, pilots switching to uh, a drone uh, as their pilot and so on and do you think that there, and is there is actually maybe i don't know i'm just asking is this actually uh like we're gonna see the drones uh let's say uh, be taught in uh, aviation schools as the uh, commercial airlines we see where the pilots and licensing and so on do you think that these things yeah. will actually happen well, I, I thought to, to be honest, it's actually happening. Yes, it's actually happening right now. Basically, there are, okay, there are little drones like this. I think 
Mm-hmm. They can go a little bit bigger than my my palm. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is they're doing uh, races, drone mm-hmm. races. And basically, the last the last there's a video game mm-hmm. that a drone about this video game, and this drone actually can fly with people. Mm-hmm. So they take the drone and they flew it. They, basically, their simulator was the, 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 the video game. So they use the video game to simulate uh, the, drone, the flying drone. And they got trained from this, <laughs> from this uh, video game. And, but there are people, actually people, teaching how to fly a drone because a drone, you may see it, ah, it's easy, it's easy, woo, and then it, it lifts off and easy. It's actually not that easy. It's quite hard to, to, to the, the drone itself has to have a lot of uh, sensors so they, they can stabilize the flight because otherwise the drone goes like this, and then it crashes. And the ones they have uh, they have bigger bla- uh, propellers and then they are a little bit more stable but anyways they are still uh, need to be uh, you need to have practice and hours of practice to fly this correctly because it's not that easy i can tell you the the radio control planes uh, uh, like the normal planes are easier and they spend less energy. Uh, but the, the other ones, are the, the quadcopters, the, the ones that can fly vertically, they're really, they're really, uh, they have a degree of difficulty higher than the normal radio control plane. So that's, that's the answer. <laughs> okay, so uh, there is a schools out there, and yes. pilots uh, maybe will switch. Maybe somebody who has lost his job maybe will switch to start driving these big uh, drones. I can tell you right now that actually pilots have these uh, quadcopters, and they actually really like it. I have a friend that he has a farm. And he he and he 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 I don't know how he grows he grows uh, oranges and lemons and certain uh, avocados stuff like that. And he was telling me, "Hey, Christian, I don't know how can I do this." I say, "Well, have you tried buying a drone?" And then he bought these DJI drones, the the ones that they can fly. Oof, long distance and he bought it and the thing is that you have this drone with this uh, screen it costs like seven hundred dollars about two or three years ago and then you can fly and it's basically the same uh, the same instruments but the difference is that your your cup your instruments are here and then you and then you have the camera as well. So you fly, and then he told me, you know, I flew like a kilometer out and a kilometer back, and this thing was amazing. I I I saw 
my crops. I saw which one were bad, which one were wrong, and then I really, I really enjoyed it. And I said, well, you see, this is a this is a solution for agriculture because if you stick a camera on the drone, you can fly oof, many hours. Well, not many hours. I would say a drone, a, a quadcopter can fly up to 20 to 30 minutes, depending on the charge. Not that long. That's why it hasn't been that, that popular. I see, I see. So we're seeing drones getting out there actually, uh, and people like I, I, the normal people start to have it and use it and so on for different actually wide variety of uh, applications. And that's I think, yes. uh, really cool actually. Okay, so uh, you mentioned that uh, the drones need to have a certain regulation or there is already some regulation out there you can't fly near an airport uh, you can't go through highway or residentials uh, and uh, so on uh, do you think that uh, in actually to see drones because like in some countries if you have a drone just for having it not even operating it you can go to jail for maybe a few years just for owning a drone and having it with you. So uh, do you think that if we have uh, some regulations uh, out there, uh, maybe issued by some of the well-known uh, names like Ayata and so on for uh, drone operations, do you think that this regulation will allow, uh, uh, allow the drone usage to go up and we start seeing it in more and more uh, countries, or uh, it's actually uh, maybe some people uh, are still afraid from using the drones or don't know that they can use drones for maybe uh, food delivery and so on. So do you think that uh, the regulation, if there is a, a body that can regulate uh, the usage of drones, we're going to see it uh, throughout the world to be used uh, or not? I would say uh, they're going to be used mostly for recreational purposes, but I think they are, they need, they, they need, uh, they need uh, more work. I mean, they in the commercial space, you have to be really certain that this thing is this, uh, let's say, quadrocopter or aircraft, mainly aircraft, is going to be reliable because otherwise you're going to have a problem with. They're going to, if let's say you, you your drone falls into a car, you're going to be sued by that because what were you doing there? The law said you cannot fly the drone on the road. So the the, the legal implications with this technology for commercial purposes is big. It still needs to be refined and really well defined. What can you do or what can you not do? Um, that's my view, yes. And if IATA and the other regulators, IATA is, is not a regulator, 
they are basically a agency that helps uh, airlines to function better. They don't have any regulation on the airlines. They, they, what they do is they use a really strict standard for auditing airlines and their operations. And that's what they've been using for the last uh, 18 years, I think. And that's what I say. And that's that's my view. I don't I don't think so. Uh, drones are ready yet. I mean, they are doing the 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 news, but from the news to actual operation is is going to take a long time. I see, I see, for sure, new technologies, we get it, gonna need some uh, regulation, adaptions, uh, and so on, to actually see it on the street, to be used in every day. So, yeah. now, uh, a question, uh, another question for you, uh, Christian. So, uh, currently, there are many companies out there uh, are starting to take us to the space as a leader. For example, uh, Galantic, Virgin Galantic are, uh, are starting to create uh, a leader uh, space tours and so on. Uh, there are some others maybe in the same field and so on, uh, getting closer to the space itself. Do you actually think that we're going to see uh, a space uh, race where uh, people take maybe uh, an aircraft or airplanes uh, specially designed for space and uh, do you think that uh, this or actually the, the space race itself uh, might have an effect uh, on the airlines what do you think about that I would say the uh, space race and airlines are two different industries because a uh, space race is basically or space tourism is basically another another branch of uh, the aerospace industry. So you will have uh, companies like you said, Virgin Galactic, that will take uh, passengers uh, to the, the outer space or closer to the outer space and then bring it back for a huge amount of money. But then you have the airplanes, like the aircraft industry or the airline industry, that will take passengers from one country to another or within the country or regional. Um, I don't think so there's a race between them because obviously the the when the more um there are millions of passengers in the airplane in the airline industry and there are few that can afford the uh, space tourism. I mean you have to be super rich to pay, I don't know, a million or four hundred thousand dollars for a space race. So I would say that's what I would say, yeah. It's not easy and it's not that affordable yet. Okay. Because there's no way we're going to fly. If we go to, a, if we fly from, we 
we go out of the atmosphere and then come back, then you're just going out of the atmosphere and coming back. And well, you're not going, you just, you're staying in Earth. If you're going from, let's say, Earth to another planet, then that's, that's, another, that's another industry. That's the interplanetary industry with a aerospace solution. I see, I see. But like uh, currently, uh, what they're doing, they're trying to cut down the cost of uh, uh, space travel. Uh, do you think maybe for sure it's not gonna come in the next five years? Do you think no, maybe no. later in the maybe 50 years from now, uh, the space yeah, maybe, yes. will be cheaper? Maybe, yes. People will actually start to do the space travel instead. Maybe you know what? I want to take my vacation this year in moon, not in uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, I mean, I would say this is like like like. Like 20 to 30 years ahead, I would say. I don't know. That's my guess. Because there's, there's, a, need, there's a need for a lot of development. So they can go, like, first of all, they have to make, a, well, a space, they, well, they have to make a, a space a exploration cheaper and less contaminant. I mean, the first thing is they, they're going to do, like SpaceX did, is they're going to make a space flight, like a rocket, they're going to make it cheaper and then reusable. So every, every space rocket that goes up is cheaper to, to produce and you just have to change the rocket and send another one. Um, that's what I see. But then after that, then you have to make a outer space exploration less contaminant because a rocket burns a lot of fuel, which contaminates all the the atmosphere, and that's what we are struggling now with this global global warming that we're experiencing right now. I mean, the last news I saw, it was like, there used to be a Nozon hole in the North Pole. And after this stop of operation and lockdown, the, the, the hole recovered, which is good. Good, good. So, well, I see. I think there is some future out there for us. Maybe you never know. You can't really tell what will actually happen in the next 20, 30 years of now. Maybe they will bring costs down. They will, nobody for sure can. I mean, okay. I mean there, there, there are many scientists that say that we are not the only ones. And I don't know, maybe we are not the only ones in, the, in this universe. Because it's so big and vast that we, we are not going to... It seems impossible that... We are the only living uh, uh, species in the world, in the universe, sorry. To me, it's hard, really hard to imagine that we are only the ones, only human race exists in the, the whole universe. I don't think so, but um, I, don't, I don't know, the time will tell. If we are really only, the only ones, so we, are, uh, we have 
uh, different species of intelligent beings in the in the space. I see. I see. So if we have any alien listeners uh, out there, we're happy to have you on the show. More than happy, you can give us some of your strategies yeah. and so on. You are a yeah. welcome. So now, uh, Christian. Yes. So uh, let's talk uh, about a little bit about uh, safety uh, of the airplanes and mo- the modern airplanes. Uh, let's say mo- most of them are uh, quite safe. You you start to hear less and less about accidents. Maybe the Max uh, 737 uh, two accidents. Uh-huh, yes. Uh, was was uh, the bad uh, thing to happen uh, recently, uh, but for the safety of the airplane, and maybe this is a personal question, like because when you go uh, into the airplane and the engines start rolling and the plane take off, uh, you feel like you left uh, Earth. Actually, you left the ground. The safety now. I'm up there. I don't know what yes. will happen. Okay, all these thoughts will for sure go through any uh, somebody's mind. So for uh, the safety of the airplanes, uh, how, like, let's talk a little bit deep about this. How you actually determine or how the regulators uh, around the world determine that this airplane is actually safe to fly and it can uh, take passenger and so on. We've seen the 7372 accidents, and there were, are, there were many questions uh, to be asked, uh, like there was maybe an obvious failure, but the regulators didn't see it, or uh, they have... Okay, okay, so I'm going to explain it. This information. Yes, okay, okay. Okay, um... One of the amazing things about airplane is that every single nut and wash that is being used and nut and bolt that is used in the airplane has to be certified. So to be able to, uh, to build an airplane, you have to certify each manufacturer of each part of the airplane. So if you're manufacturing, say, rivets, you have to be certified. And that river has to be certified to be put on the airplane. So, in uh, with that in mind, so you have to basically you have to pass many tests with these airplanes because okay, let's say you have the the let's say something that everybody sees the chair where you sit. That chair is analyzed and is, and the cushion is, and the fabric is made to, let's say the cushion is made to float. Let's say if the airplane goes down, you can remove the cushion, use it as a floating device. And if the, flay, if the, if the airplane gets a cut, cuts fire, the cushion covers, are re, uh, flame retardants, so they 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 don't want to they don't want to burn immediately. They're going to burn slowly, or maybe they're not going to burn. And that's how you start doing. You take 
one system of a airplane and you start certifying each step of the system and how it works. Then you go on to many, many different testing uh, facilities where they will test this for vibration. They will take, basically they will take, let's say they, they have this mouse. They will take, they take this mouse and they will vibrate it for 24 hours to see if, if we can withstand the, 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 the conditions that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be facing in a real airplane, in a real environment uh, that you're going to be in. So they would do that. They would they test every single rivet and bolt and whatever, uh, all these components, they will test it to the limits. And then they will basically take a bolt and they will uh, stretch it. And they will say, okay, the tensile, the tensile strength of this bolt is how much? Is this. This can be used for this uh, airplane. So, and that then, with that in mind, the regulators certificate each and every components of an airplane. That's what regulators, I mean, in the, in the country, they made the airplanes. Once they leave the, 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 the jurisdiction of the, the manufacturer, they will go to another, they will go to, to the customer. And what they do with the customer? The customer has to be certified as well. And if you fly to a certain destination, you might have be you you might be um, you have to uh, follow their rules. Let's say if I fly from London to the U.S., the airline has to comply with regulation in the U.S. and they have to comply with regulation on the in the in the U.K. So every time an airplane, let's say you take an airplane for maintenance. This maintenance is done according to a manual, and the manual has to be followed step by step. And then every step of the way, the mechanic has to sign their, 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 their job, meaning and they have to put their license number. So what they do is they make sure every single person that is involved in the, in the, in the repair or flying of the airplane, they have to sign every single thing. Every, let's say a mechanic, they have to sign, every, let's say I'm going to remove, let's say I'm going to show you something. If I, this is my mouse, right? And I use this mouse in the airplane. What I'm going to do is to be able to open this mouse and take out the battery, you have to do one, switch out the mouse, then, Signs for that, you switch off the mouse. Whoa. Remove the cover. Sign that you remove the cover. Remove the battery. You have to sign for the removal of the battery. So in that way, you make sure that the company is following every single step that is in the manual. And there, in every company, in the maintenance uh, side of the company, they have what is called a planning, a planning, maintenance planning, where they do all the planning for the airplane that is going to receive for maintenance. So they do all the tasks 
that is going to undergo this airplane and they will manage every single task until every single task is finished the airplane cannot leave and it cannot be signed for airworthiness because the airplane is no airworthiness that's what they call it airworthiness is the ability for the is the term used for companies and regulators to tell the 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 pilots that this airplane is ready and safe for flight. Once then, then you take the operation of the pilot, it's basically the, the, the airplane is, is parked on the, on the gate. Then when, when the pilot takes control of the airplane is when the, uh, when the close is shut, when the door is shut of the airplane. Once the door is shut, the in charge of the airplane is the captain. And then the, the whole flight uh, has to be done by the captain or by the co-pilot because they both can fly. It's not like a co-pilot doesn't fly and, he, and the captain is the only that flies. No, both flies. And normally what they do is they want the, if you are a new, a new co-pilot or first officer, and you have an experienced captain, what they want to do is the, if, let's say, if I'm new and then you see that the captain is doing something wrong, you are able to say, hey, you know what? This is something, let's, let's, let's repeat this procedure. And that's how the, 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 the pilot the interaction goes about. And the other thing is like when something happened to the airplane on flight, in flight, so the captain has a logbook when he's, uh, he registered these uh, malfunctions and then the mechanics can come and fix it. But that's basically it. The airline industry and then every single, what I used to, what I do is I check if the the people on the ramp, that's what they call it, the platform, is performing their job accordingly. So every single, even to go to, to put the, the, the suitcases inside the cargo bay has a, has a special way of putting it. And that's how they, they do it. And every single, uh, you see, when you travel, they put a tack on your, on your, on your suitcase, right? Mm. That is used to track your suitcase as well as to put it inside the airplane. So inside the cargo bay. So they say, okay, this, it goes there, goes there, goes there, goes there, goes there. And then you have all the information to the top and then you give this to, to the captain. Okay, check, check, it's ready. Then the airplane leaves the airport and you know exactly how much fuel you have, how much a luggage you have and everything. That's how it works. And that's why the airline industry is so safe. It's safer than uh, driving a car. Because in the car, you don't have all these steps and all these regulations. In the car, you just drive away and because this is not going to fall. <laughs> that's, the, that's the difference. I see. So, so many steps actually to do a single maintenance item 
or even to get your item inside the, the airplane. So now, yeah. uh, let's see. So, uh, if somebody uh, would like to know more about the airline industry, maybe maybe just a hobbyist, maybe somebody who's studying aviation and so on, and they wanna uh, know uh, a little bit more about that, where where do you think that they can go online? Uh, some communities or sites you used uh, and so on, so yes. they can get some information. Yes, I would say uh, one of the biggest sources of information, I, 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 I would say, and people will be like, what? Yes, regulators. Go to regulators in each country of yours, and you will find that they have every single thing that you need to 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 research if you want to be a pilot, if you want to be a mechanic, if you want to do some job in the industry, you can see there that the, the, they have uh, information. And But if you're looking for generic information, articles about aviation, there are many websites. I, one of the, uh, the ones I use is Aviation Week, where they put all the aviation news about the current events in the aviation industry. Um, there are many subscriptions, magazines that they are now online and, and companies, normally the companies uh, in different sectors, let's say companies that make uh, landing gears, companies that make uh, washers, companies that make uh, engines, uh, the, the engines or the airplanes are three, two main ones. Oh no, three. It's Rolls-Royce, Pratt & Whitney, and GE, General Electric. Those are the three main the three main suppliers of engines. And for the two major manufacturers of aircraft, as you know, as everybody knows, there are two major ones is Boeing and Airbus, but there are many small airplanes manufacturers as well as Embraer, Bombardier, and there's a company in China that started building planes in China. Um, this is a Chinese company, Russian airplanes as well. They have, uh, they build Russian airplanes. Um, they used to build in Holland as well, uh, uh, airplanes. And Cessna, Cessna, that's another brand. Cessna built the small airplanes and they built uh, small jets airplanes. So that's, they are, called, they are, they are a company called Textron. They, they make, they are the ones that uh, have the intellectual property of the, the Cessna, sorry. Ah, okay, so so many sources of information. Hopefully, our listeners will have some values uh, from them. So, uh, Christian, you yes. recently uh, started uh, your uh, business since you are very passionate about aviation. You started your business online uh, on uh, aviation. Can you please uh, tell us a little bit about it? What you do with it? Well, I'm. I'm. I. I think. Right now, what happened is I created this business because I think the 
the, the numbers of institutions that teach, let's say, I'm, I'm, I, I want, I'm specializing in avionics. But I guess people say, well, is avionics is only electronics. Yes, but to be able to understand avionics and be able to create this instrument, these uh, protocols that carry all the information for the airplanes, you need to know the basics. If you don't know the basics of aviation, let's say if you don't know aerodynamics, if you don't know structure, if you don't know how an airplane maneuvers, and if you don't know how the airplane uh, flies or how they behave, you cannot measure those behaviors. That's what avionics does. They take all these measurements, all this data that is created when the plane is flying, and they will take this data and convert it into avionic data, which then is used to show the pilot what the, 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 what the environment is telling the pilot. Because as a pilot in a big airplane, you need information, vital information. That's why they have many screens on the cockpit because they need navigation information, flight information, if you're going up, if you're going down, height, how high are you going? What's your rate of climb? What is your rate of descent? And what height are you traveling now? Because in order to be able to fly higher in a commercial airplane, you need to have this system because as we are humans, and if we go beyond 10,000 feet, what happens is without pressurization, because every airplane has, the commercial airplane has pressurization cockpit, what, they, what this pressurization does to your body is to allow the body to breathe at 25,000 feet. And then that will allow you to, to, to to breathe and travel around the world with a with an airplane that is most uh, eco-friendly with the environment. I put it in this way because that's I think it's a way that everyone can understand. And for that, you need uh, uh, information. If you don't know what is your height when you're flying, it would really hard to it would be really hard for the pilot to to put the, 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 the compressorization system on. And it will be really hard for the airplane to, to fill the airplane with this pressurization. And that will mean like, okay, you, you fly, but you're not going to have a clear way to live over there. If you don't have this information, then you will die there. But that's basically it. So this information is really important for the pilot to go from point A to point B. That's why they need all this avionic information uh, for a safe flight. That's why I'm doing my company is CACE Avionics. and mm -hmm. specialize in teaching people how the airplane works and how the system works, and then you are in the 
in the first in the in the first phase you're going to be learning the basics then we will take you to the avionics side and then you will see how this plays out and you can you can use this information for your benefit and if you want to pursue a a degree or, or a career on this you can do it and then you can start your your life in in the aviation industry I see. So you teach them mainly about how the data inside the aircraft are gathered, uh, displayed to the pilot, how you can maybe manage the data uh, exactly. and, so on and, show, and show them to the pilot, which is something really interesting, I think. So, uh, Christian, uh, do you have like uh, a special offer uh, or a or a course or something that uh, you provide uh, for people to join you? Yes, I'm, I'm actually, yes, I'm, um, um, tomorrow I'm starting the first, uh, I call it six facts, uh, six part video series, where I will take you from zero to fully airborne. And that's what I call, um, I'm calling my, my course. I will teach you the basics, and then by the end of the course, you will know what is the how how can you fly, how no how airplanes fly, and what type of airplanes are in the are working right now, like subsonic airplanes, supersonic airplanes, and that's what we look at and how these how all these. Uh, all these technologies that, that have been developed over the many decades from the Wright brothers to now can allow you to see how these, uh, how an airplane works. Oh, whoa, that's, that's great. That's actually good. And we will have for our listeners uh, the links uh, for the social accounts, for the uh, uh, the course from Christian, all in the description of this episode. So uh, lastly, uh, so do you have a Christian, any last thoughts on you after this show? Do you have anything maybe to, with us to share? Some information maybe you learned and so on. Well, I, I like this this show because it allows me to showcase what is going on right now with the with the airline industry and and tell people uh, through this show that I mean the airline and aerospace industry is huge. Like if something doesn't work in one industry, maybe you can use it to create something new in another industry. Let's say, let's give an example. Let's say if, if the air, passenger airplanes are not being able to, to fly right now, you can make them a cargo. So the airplanes can, can carry cargo while they're not being totally grounded. So the, the other thing is like, you can take all this information and go and research more and learn more about the aerospace engine, uh, aerospace and aircraft industry uh, because this is an industry that really needs people. But I know that many people say, well, now 
it's not looking so nice. What I would say, it's going to bounce back. It's going to bounce back. The issue is that until we find a cure for this disease or a treatment that is effective, so we can travel again, the airline industry will pick up again and people will travel all around the world. Because people like tourists, people like business, and people enjoy having a good time with friends and family elsewhere. That's what I say. I, I see for sure for sure hopefully things will just uh, get better uh, and uh, maybe we see some prices going down and so on it encourages people <laughs> to go down and uh, my last uh, thought uh, do you think with this uh, what's going on do you think that the private jets price will actually go down way down so anybody can afford them um I don't think so. No. I think they have to be a little bit up because if the demand for private jet is greater, then then the, the airplanes are going to be used more. So I would say the uh, private jet uh, price point is going to be up because maybe you cannot travel now because of social distancing in the commercial plane or you can travel in the jet in a private plane. So you can go to that country where you're not going to have so much restriction because you're going to be flying with the pilot and the co-pilot, maybe one flight attendant and you and maybe two or three others or four other people in the same plane with enough space. Yeah, for sure, better space you will have some plenty of leg room you will move freely yes yes maybe have a tv over there even all right yes okay all right so i would like uh, to thank uh, my guest uh, for this uh, episode christian uh, castello for coming with us and sharing his uh, valuable knowledge thank you christian for coming and joining mm-hmm. us this episode it was a pleasure to mm-hmm. have you mine too all right so thank I would like also to thank uh, our uh, listener for tuning in and joining us. Make sure you tune in for each uh, week episodes of the Advanced Business Show. Thank you for watching and we see you in another episode.